The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Councilmember Frederick Hall III. Present. Councilmember Letitia Johnson. Present. Councilmember Gabriela Santiago Romero. Councilmember Mary Waters. Councilmember Angela Whitfield Calloway. Present. Councilmember Coleman Young II. Here. Council President Pro Tem James Tate. Council President Mary Sheffield. Present. You have a quorum, Madam President. All right. There being a quorum, we are back in session and we are now moving into our uh, next budget hearing for the Detroit Building Authority. And all of the individuals that are here or online, if you can please turn your cameras on. Is it just Mr. Short? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Good, good afternoon. Good afternoon. To state your name and title for the record, and the floor is yours. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is Roger Short. I am with the Detroit Building Authority, and I like to pass the uh, baton to my director, Mr. Tyrone Clifton. All right. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, good morning. <laughs> Council President, uh, my computer was a little goofy. Uh, so good morning, President Sheffield, President Pro Tem Tate, Tyrone Honorable Body. Uh, my name is Tyrone Clifton. I am the director of the Detroit Building Authority. Um, I'm joined today by uh, Ms. Jill Bryant, who's our manager of real estate for the Detroit Building Authority, and, and Mr. Roger Short does our financials. Um, DBA was created on October 30th in 1973, accordance with the Act of Number 31 for the Public Acts of Michigan. The building authority's function provided under law is to acquire, furnish, equip, own, improve, operate, and maintain city facilities, including parking lots and structures, among other things. Also, the DBA provides commercial real estate services for the city of Detroit, of Detroit through our Housing Revitalization Department. Um, as you remember, uh, the DBA was approved by city council, engaged with HRD to provide those real estate services. The DBA assists city departments in carrying out their capital improvement programs. Currently funds for capital projects come from the general fund, grant funds, or, or federal funds. Um, the relevant department after uh, city council approval um, is typically when we engage for architects, contractors, um, civil engineers to complete and do those capital projects. Uh, our goal is to provide efficient, quality, and user-friendly services for those city departments. Uh, we are governed by a five-member board of commissioners, uh, which includes uh, city council appointee Christopher Jackson as treasurer, uh, city council appointee Maggie DeSantis, uh, Judge Edward Thomas, who's the secretary of the Detroit Building Authority, that's a joint appointee by the, D, by the uh, city council and the mayor's office. Um, Clarence Gales, who's appointed by the mayor's office. And uh, Hakeem Berry, who is the current chairperson of the Detroit Building Authority Board of Commissioners. Um, again, we'd like to thank this opportunity for coming before you to share with the, the DBA's project services and, and budget. Um, 
so with that, um, again, we have Roger Short here. We have uh, Jill Bryant here. We can talk about our capital projects that are ongoing um, and our real estate services that we've been doing now for, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jill, about six or seven years? Since 2015. Thank you. All right. Uh, Ms. Bryant? Um, yes, good morning. My name is Jill Bryant, or good afternoon, I'm sorry. Jill Bryant, I am the property real estate manager for the city of Detroit, working with the Detroit Building Authority. All right, does that conclude your presentation? Yes, ma'am. All right, all right, thank you. We will now go over to questions, starting with Council Member Calloway. I'm sorry, oh, if the, I'm sorry about that, Member Waters. If the clerk will reflect that Member Waters has joined us, President Pro Tem has joined us, Council Member Benson has joined us, everyone is here, uh, excluding Council Member Santiago Ramiro, who has indicated that she would not be present. The clerk will so note. All right, Member Calloway. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Madam Chair, um, and good morning to you all. Um, the Detroit Building Authority is responsible for administering capital projects. What projects are being administered in fiscal year 2022 to 2023? and then the following fiscal year, 2023-2024. So through the chair, through Councilmember uh, Whitfield Calloway, obviously uh, the Detroit Building Authority, we have some, some major projects that are ongoing. Uh, we have the uh, State Fair Transit Center project that is an ongoing project. Uh, we're currently going through plan review with that project. Um, and we will actually be on the ground um, this month doing site development. So the infrastructure work, um, um, and all the other things in anticipation of completing that project in about 12 to 14 months. Um, also, we have a, a significant project with the Department, Detroit Department of Transportation, which is uh, currently going through approval process with FTA, uh, and that is the new Coolidge bus maintenance facility. Um, we also have an, an ARPA project that we're currently doing that was approved by city council. Uh, that the DBA actually competed with. That's with the Housing Revitalization Department. We're doing um, surface parking lots along the corridors. Uh, th those are the, the major projects and we, we've had a litany of other smaller projects that we're assisting Detroit Water and Sewage with, um, elevator, machine room, modernization in the main office building, um, a facade restoration on the parapet at the main office building. Um, we're doing some work for them at their uh, uh, service yard, which is the G DWSD service yard over on Huber. Mm -hmm. um, they're doing mechanical upgrades. We've completed a roof upgrade over there for them, which was significant for them too. Um, those are just uh, probably the most prominent projects that we, we currently have going on. I have a small project that I'm doing at Ford Underground Garage for the Municipal Parking Department. Uh, we're doing e immediate uh, near-term structural repairs is what we'll call it. Um, so we've got some items there that we need to take care of. Um, um, I think uh, Municipal Parking Department will probably ask for additional dollars for some more major renovations that need to be done at the garage deck too. Okay, and before I, thank you. And before I um, answer, ask my second question to your, um, your, your part of the, reply that you just um, provided, you said the State Fair Ground Transit Center site development work is going to occur when and- This month. This month? 
Are we behind through schedule? Through the chair, correct. Are we behind schedule? Uh, through the chair, we are, I, I would like to say we're on schedule pursuant to the funding being made available. Um, obviously, we were more aggressive when we got those funds and, and tried to get it done earlier. Uh, but given where we are currently with the construction market and reacting to that, um, so this is uh, probably the most accurate, most current schedule that uh, that we, we feel comfortable talking with. Okay, and then my uh, my last question is, DBA is tasked with creating and maintaining a database of city-owned commercial properties. I'd like for you, and, and I've also submitted this question, please provide a list of all the city-owned commercial properties in the following areas, downtown, midtown, corktown, Eastern Market, and District 2. Um, if I haven't submitted them, I will be submitting them, but this is just to put it on your mind that that is one of my um, questions slash requests um, for a list of those commercial properties in that in those areas. Uh, through the chair, thank you, um, uh, council member. Um, I believe, um, you know, we have uh, an online database that you can search by those locations, mm -hmm. um, but we will provide that information too. Thank you, and it was a pleasure to spend time with you and um, in Seattle, and I'm sure you gained a lot of um, great information as my team and I did as well. Absolutely. It was, it was good. Thank, thank you, you so Madam much. Thank you, Madam Chair. All right. Thank you, Member Calloway. Uh, just one question for me, and then I will continue with uh, council members, and it's regarding uh, commercial property sales uh, and what the department is doing to really prioritize city residents, minority-owned businesses, uh, outreach to ensure that they actually know about commercial real estate opportunities. Um, I think a lot of people, we focus on, you know, residential, et cetera, uh, but commercial real estate is extremely important, and um, the lack of representation for black people uh, is pretty low uh, in commercial real estate. And so can you just speak a little bit more about outreach to Detroiters around opportunities aside from just the website? Um, I think people need to know that the DBA holds all of our commercial property uh, and pathways to be able to actually secure potential properties with the Detroit Building Authority. Um, yes, through Thank the you, chair. Uh, Councilwoman, uh, I mean, through the chair, absolutely. Uh, Joe, I'll let you answer, but you're absolutely right. We absolutely try to participate in all the outreaches with uh, OCP, uh, with the various council members too, when you have your own outreaches in those districts. Um, that's very important to us. Uh, we promote this even when I'm talking to any contractor who wants to come into the city and look to do business, um, that we have these properties available. You should move to the city if you want to chase capital work here. This is the best way to do it. We're looking for Detroit headquartered minority firms, quite frankly, is, is kind of what I, what I speak to. And we're looking for people to hire Detroiters. Um, so if that's through construction, if that's through commercial real estate, that, that is very important and highly driven by the DBA. So Ms. Bryan, I'll let you speak to the particulars. And thank you. And, and to the chair, I would just like to add, I know you said in addition to the website. Uh, we're very happy with the website. However, we do know that there are improvements that can be made. So we are um, continu continuously working with HRD and planning and, and development to upgrade the website to make it more, uh, I'll say, user-friendly and provide accurate information. As my as my director said, we, are, we have participated in sev several webinars um, last year, and we have participated participated in a couple this year and in-person events where we talk about the process of buying property and just talking to the community on how to go about the process. Uh, we have phone calls in, uh, to our office on a daily basis. We talk with the um, citizens and we um, 
let them know the process as well and, and just try to work with all of the applicants to make sure that they have a successful application with the city of Detroit. All right, thank you. And I, I think the council as a whole could probably play a, a more important role in that as well, too. And so, however, our office can assist in getting that information out. Uh, we do get calls often um, about commercial real yeah. estate, and I think people need more help navigating that process. Um, and so we would love to support you in that. And then just I know I said one question, but I do have one additional one regarding I can do that. You guys been doing it all day. <laughs> um, just one qu additional question regarding the increase um, in expenditures uh, by $1.1 million. Uh, there's an increase in contractual services uh, by $1.1 million, but there's no increase in FTEs. If you could just uh, explain the uh, impact on the budget regarding this, please. Okay. Uh, through the chair. Uh, um, Thank you. Uh, that was a typo. Uh, it was an uh, error. And the uh, the budget department is going to prepare a rata sheet okay. uh, to, to so indicate that our budget has not really changed. It uh, it, uh, it really stands at about uh, one point. Let me just get the exact number here. Uh, one point two. Yeah, one point one million. Uh, let me get the exact number. It's one point two million. Exactly. So it has not really changed that much. That was a, a typo. And, they, and the budget department will all correct that. Okay. All right, thank you. Um, we will go to Councilmember Durha. Thank you, Madam President, and uh, good afternoon to you all. Uh, when we talk about the <clears throat> management uh, that we do of the city leases and, and uh, of such, I know things have kind of changed. Uh, we are not out of COVID, uh, but obviously we're not in the heart of the pandemic. How has that transition been relative to leases um, that we oversee here at the city? I guess through the chair, um, it's been we as as you said we're we're still in COVID, but we're out of that that heavy uh, numbers. I'll say, um, it, you know, we've always had team members in the office throughout the COVID, you know, so so that the office was always staffed, and we've been able to respond to applications, phone calls continuously. So um, the citizens really haven't seen any change as. As it relates to COVID and COVID activities, but we have been able, as I said, we have been able to stay on top of our leases. Um, you know, there there are some times though when getting back with someone may change, but we 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 have been able to stay on top of everything very well. Okay, and and my second question uh, it talks about uh, just the creation and the maintaining of the database for all city-owned uh, commercial properties uh, that exist. Um, when we talk about efficiency, ensuring that we have the right numbers, we, I mean, you know, the right numbers, the right property, um, what are we, you know, doing? What does that look like? How successful have we been to ensure that all of those numbers are right, all that data is right? And then even going forward, uh, ensuring that uh, we have some integrity uh, with that data in our database. Thank you. And through the chair, and that is a great question. That's one of the tasks that we take very seriously. Um, about once a year, we actually go through the entire database and verify the information that's in the in the database to uh, First American Title Company, they their information, as well as the city's information. And we cross-check, cross-reference to make sure the information we have in the database is accurate. 
um, as properties are received for Wayne County, we update those properties as properties are sold. We, we update the database to say that those properties are, are no longer city owned. And, and again, as we receive properties, we update the database. So it is an ongoing continuing process of keeping our, our database uh, updated. Okay, thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you. Uh, Councilmember Benson. <clears throat> Uh, thank you. Thank you all for being here today. Um, the DBA was one of the departments that did attend Seattle as part of that site visit around resiliency and sustainability. What are the plans for the DBA to move forward incorporating greater levels of sustainability and resiliency into its construction methods and its management of construction projects? Through the chair, uh, thank you, Councilman Benson, for that question. Um, great question. Um, very eye-opening trip to Seattle and how other um, municipalities handle their capital and what's the driving force behind it. Uh, so similar to that, uh, we're working with our local departments here, including General Services Department, to derive a green program for our buildings. As the DBA builds those buildings, we wish to have some sort of standard. Um, hopefully that standard would lead to lower operating costs because we are driving it for energy efficiency and there will be a return on investment. Um, so we're at the very tip of that, uh, coordinating that with the um, departments, um, but it's very important our relationship with the general services department. Once we build it, we turn it over, they're gonna operate it. They can operate those facilities efficiently and see the return on investment. Um, I will caution that sometimes um, some green infrastructure items that we may bring up may have an, a higher upfront cost. So we have to be able to deal with that. So I'm certain that there is a solution and a balance that we can see and start to promote how we're building green. And maybe, uh, you know, that'll be a tipping point as all these other developers, all these other entities come into the city doing their own projects. will have some level of green to it too. All right. Well, this body approved the modification to the green purchasing ordinance to allow for the purchase a higher level or higher cost of sustainable items just to give you that opportunity and so if there's a higher upfront cost we'll give you up to 12 percent more than the equivalent item if it's not sustainable so hopefully you all will be looking at that as an opportunity to make those type of uh, investments in sustainability in addition I just really want to say uh, your office uh, when we call regarding commercial properties uh, you all respond, um, you, you're very quick, uh, you all give great information, and you're very helpful in just seeing how we've been able to keep our projects uh, on time and on cost. Um, it's, just, it's great to see and I'm glad to know that we have that level of professionalism and expertise in-house here for the city of Detroit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Member Benson. Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President, and thank you all so much for being here. Um, I was really surprised that Mr. Clifton didn't mention the any project in District 4, considering we've been having a fair amount of discussion regarding uh, the floodplain and, and trying to get Jefferson Chalmers particularly out of the flood, um, out of a floodplain. Uh, so can you talk about the status of that? I know that there was some discussion about a flood mitigation study. Um, and while I know the community felt one way about one of the um, the direction that we were looking to go into, can you talk about what's needed um, based on your understanding of uh, floodplain seawalls 
as engineers, as engineers, what can we do um, to address this issue? Uh, because I want to make sure that it's something that we are still looking to address uh, because we know that uh, every spring, you know, I, I keep my fingers crossed to make sure we don't have another uh, flood or backup issue in that particular community. So can you just kind of talk about the work that you are doing in that area and um, if there's a, a plan to address infrastructure? Through the chair, absolutely. So again, I apologize, Ms. Uh, Councilwoman jo uh, Johnson, for not speaking to this earlier or mentioning this. Um, so you are correct. Uh, uh, I do have a civil engineer, Giffels Webster. Um, we are looking at the city-owned seawall properties in that area. Uh, we heard the community loud and clear. We understood their pushback and hesitancy about um, our proposed design option of looking at those canals and uh, closing off two of them and putting in an, a, a lock in the other one. Um, so we're looking at the city-owned seawalls. We're doing our due diligence. We want to understand what the city owns, um, the condition of those seawalls, so we can show the residents that we're going to at least address those that we have and control, um, hopefully to start to make a difference and pick up momentum in that area. Um, and, you know, Councilperson Johnson, as you know, um, if everyone did all their seawalls, it does not take them out of the floodplain. Um, so we are still having our ongoing conversations with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Um, I believe they have been approved for a study. Um, they are requesting a meeting with the uh, city departments, including, you know, Ken Cussell, who's also a, an engineer with the city department, with the city of Detroit. Um, so we would like to participate in that and understand what they're proposing. Um, but I really think the U.S. Army Corps wants to hear from the city and make sure that they're not doing anything autonomous of what the citizens want. Um, so that, that's currently where we are with uh, what's going on in the Lower East Side. Okay, thank you for that. Um, and I'm glad you said that even addressing the public um, areas where the seawalls need to be improved, that that will not take the community out of a floodplain. Um, right. And, you know, for me, that is the number one focus. Um, so I'd like for us to make sure that we have a full plan on how to do that. I, yes, I did have the ability to attend the Michigan Floodplain Conference in Midland a couple weeks ago, and um, I'm looking to have conversations with FEMA and Eagle so that we're all coming together and developing a plan and moving towards implementing that plan so that we can get this community uh, out of a floodplain because we know uh, that the flooding insurance is extremely expensive for a lot of our residents. Um, and so would like to have some further conversations with you offline uh, we are looking at developing a plan that addresses the floodplain issue and would like to present it, share it with you, get your thoughts, feedback on um, whether or not it will get us out of the floodplain and how we move it forward. The, the other question that I have is relative to uh, the amount of outstanding bonds that the DBA uh, currently has. Um, if someone can speak to that in maturity of bonds... You're muted. Thank Mr. you. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, through the chair, uh, 
Councilman Johnson, I don't believe DBA has any outstanding bonds. Um, all those bonds that were issued uh, were issued through the city of Detroit. We were just the uh, recipient of those funds, did the work, and and then subsequently uh, turned the projects over to the city. But no, I, as far as my records show, we do not have any outstanding bonds. Okay, thank you. I'll make sure I ask um, the debt service department when they come before us. All right, okay. thank you so much. Thank you, Madam President. All right, thank you so much, Member Johnson. Uh, Member Waters. Uh-oh. Thank you, Madam President. So, um, good morning. Oh, it's afternoon, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, will there ever be a point um, at which the DBA would uh, be willing to convert commercial property to residential units, you know, via turning it over to, uh, to another city agency? Uh, through the chair, the DBA would be more than willing to to work with any department if they had uh, capital to, to adaptively reuse a school um, or anything that's in our inventory that could be used for housing, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, okay, all right. You hear that other city departments? All right, and, and um, does the DBA evaluate the structure for potential conversion to re residential slash affordable housing? Do you, do you normally? Evaluated for that, the various uh, structures. Sure, uh, through the chair. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't have a program where I'm evaluating uh -huh. our stock for residential. Is probably the most accurate way to say it. Uh -huh. But if we did have a capital project that said we wanted to take a former school and turn it to X, it would be a part of that program. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Madam President. All right. Thank you, Member Waters. Councilmember Young. Thank you, Madam President. Um, good afternoon. Always good to see everybody. Mr. Short, always good to see you, sir. Uh, I just wanted to just say, Mr. Clifton, I wanted to ask you, first of all, what are we doing involving um, not just in this building here, but also with all the buildings that are that are viable or all the buildings that are, you know, that are in operation now? What are we doing about converting those into solar and using solar energy to power those buildings? So through the chair, um, well, I can speak to this with the um, with the various departments, but I'm not aware of a, a program that we have that we're converting to solar. Um, there may be someone else in the city that's looking at this, um, including Detroit Wayne Joint Building Authority, who currently runs Comina uh, Young Municipal Center. Um, but I'm not looking at any solar on any buildings yet is probably the more accurate way to say it. Um, as spoken to earlier today with the green infrastructure and looking at green alternatives that can reduce costs, um, I, I believe everything is on the table. Um, if it's solar, um, typically for solar in Southeast Michigan, right, we wanna have solar that feeds into a battery. So the batteries can kinda use the power from the stored batteries during peak times. Um, so usually when you're not home, you're not going to need it, right? But when you come home, maybe you're going to charge your electric vehicle and your battery pack could, because it's been storing power all day, can do that. Um, that would be an idea. We'd like to, I would like to see something like that on a commercial application on one of our buildings. Maybe it's a police station, fire station, or a parking department. 
Okay, I just want to know if there was a plan in terms of converting those or using solar at all or alternative energy at all uh, in terms of efficiency of the buildings. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, um, can you give me a breakdown in terms of what type of entity buys the buildings that you have the most from the Detroit Building Authority? Are they multinational corporations? Are they smaller businesses? What, exact, who, what exactly does that portfolio look like percentage-wise? Um, good afternoon through the chair. Thank you, Councilmember Young, for that question. Um, we, I would really say we sell mostly to, and I'm going to say your mom and pop situation, uh, the individual owners, like I said, the mom and pop, we really sell to small, small businesses who mostly, now there are some larger um, deals, but we mostly sell to that individual who has uh, spotted, identified a city-owned property that they wish to open a business for them to operate or a business that they could um, lease to someone to operate. So it's really that 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 small business owner is not typically the large uh, corporations. Um, it's that business owner that needs... Good afternoon. It's that business owner that needs parking next to their... Uh, operating business is that it's that business owner who is looking to expand at their current location It's that business owner who may be looking to relocate to the city of Detroit for their main I'll say headquarters um, but it's not that it's not the large corporations mostly in our um, sales portfolio it is truly that small business person who has identified a property or comes to us and say, we're looking for this type of property and this type of location that we help them find and they go ahead and, and purchase it. So that's that's pretty much our portfolio of, of, of sales. No, that's excellent. And I was just wondering, do you have that breakdown in terms of age, in terms of sex, in terms of no. race? <laughs> and I How just many chuckled. employees, you know, per business that, that usually buy these type right. of buildings? And, well, and and excuse me, I, I didn't mean to laugh when you said age. I no, was like, no oh, I, I don't put <laughs> that on an application, but um, we don't we don't track that type of information when okay. it comes to age or race. We don't track that on the application. Okay. Um, but we do lean. Uh, the city looks at the applications uh, as again they come up to the they come up through the portal and the DBA manages that portal. But the the um, decision to sell is through is, is from the city. Right. I did want to make that clarification. Um, I forgot where I was going. Um, if there's if there's a if there's someone who is known within the community, uh, there are times that the uh, business liaison from the DEGC uh, brings someone to us or says that they know someone has applied in their area and they want to give them support. You know, we do lean heavily on that. The Dons, if they have someone that they have brought to us, we do lean heavily on that as well. But we don't track that. We don't track the information that you're requesting, you know, with uh, with your question. But we do look at uh, we do look at addresses of individuals. And sometimes those addresses are uh, of city of Detroit addresses. So, you know, we do take that into consideration that the person may be um, living nearby or have or have another business nearby the uh, uh, application we're looking at. No, that's excellent. I just wanted to say you, but you do track in, uh, minority disadvantaged enterprise businesses, right? You do track that. 
Well, I can't say that we we track that. Again, we don't ask. The application does not speak to a person's ethnicity, uh, age, or or anything. Um, but you know, when we when someone says they're going to open a business, we do ask how many employees do they anticipate having. You know that type of thing. We do we do ask that question, but it's not on an application that we could track that information for you. Whatever information you do track that you do have, if you could just send that to me so I can know that, I'd really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Madam President. I'm done. Thank you, Member Young, Council President Pro Tem Tate. Thank you, Madam President, and thank you all for being here. Uh, just uh, two uh, quick ones. Uh, one is regarding a budget item that we approved last. <laughs> budget year regarding the renaming of 36th District Court and just wanted to get a status on that as we are now uh, in that same time frame this year, just where things are. Through the chair, um, Pro Tem Tate, uh, that's not a DBA project. I believe General Services Department is doing that with their um, operator at 36. I thought we had talked about it briefly last year as well. Um, through the chair, um, it never came to me. Um, okay, uh, we'll we'll double back on that one. But, but I know this one definitely is yours for sure. The uh, police annex over at the Eighth Precinct um, started back in 2016. Uh, was rolled out as as having 33 public parking spaces, 52 secured parking spaces as well. So 85. Uh, parking spaces over there. Uh, that is now turned into a situation where you know, uh, residents typically have maybe about on a good day, they have smaller cars, 10, 10 vehicles in a horseshoe in front of the precinct. Uh, we also have an auditorium inside of that facility as well that is a tremendous asset, but is tremendously underused. Initially, it was to be rolled out as the uh, location where police would hold their ceremonies, but also allowing community to hold ceremonies there as well and, and events. And right now, it's really relegated to community meetings that host about maybe 20 or so people when the, the, the auditorium holds, I believe, 200 or so. Uh, so it, again, is uh, highly underutilized. Um, the annex next door, uh, it was designed to be uh, a meeting space for the community, but also have certain uses for the police department as well. But again, that annex has yet to open, and we're, we're talking about a number of years now since we began uh, redevelopment at that the location. Can you talk a little bit about the parking? Because um, all of that, you know, plays a role. You know, there's no real parking. Even when the annex opens, there's still going to be a challenge with parking. Um, when residents come to the precinct, parking is a challenge. You know, there's a big, huge mire parking lot behind it, but there's a long walk to get from point A to B in that situation. So uh, talk, to, talk to us, if you will, about solutions to, to those issues and, and also when we're going to get that annex open finally for the community because they are uh, chomping at the bit for that to happen. Through the chair. Um Councilmember Pro Tem Tate, uh, thank you very much for for the question. As you and I have talked about, I I, I totally agree with you. The the parking is a uh, is a uh, is kind of ridiculous right now. Um, so I am in conversations with the the police department to say that we've got to rearrange this parking, and they're going to have to be more efficient. Um, 
I would like to rework that horseshoe to provide more parking. Um, I think that that can alleviate some of the pressure there too. Um, obviously when there's special events, there's going to have to be overflow for those events. It's just not enough parking on our parcel that we control, um, that we can accommodate those special events, especially with that auditorium um, being uh, activated. So I, I do agree with you there, um, but for sure we can provide some additional parking um, I don't have uh, the exact numbers, but it, it would be more than um, the 10 that you've identified at the horseshoe and all that the uh, police is currently using in the adjacent lot. Um, so um, we are working on that issue to get that alleviated. Um, Guys, the annex. Before we talk about the annex, a time frame. I mean, because this has been a. This has been an ongoing challenge and yes, sir. You know, we we certainly can have these conversations ongoing but in terms of the definitive timeline where we can you know i won't use the, the the term hold you accountable but for that all of us can start seeing some some results and when we can kind of look towards okay here's a checkpoint because it's it's really bad over there really bad in terms of parking yeah through the chair pro tim I, I i agree um i um i will get with you directly on this and with the police i think that would probably be the best way to get it resolved and have it understood for, for what we're trying to do in that district and what we promised for that district too. I think that would probably be the, the best way going forward. Um, but I, I believe we can we can get it resolved uh, this construction season for sure, hopefully this spring. Um, but I, I probably will need your help on that, working with uh, the police department to make sure that that is, is going to happen. Um, Are you anticipating a budgetary um Anybody, you know, any additional um, budget? Because this is, again, that time. I don't want us to stretch it out beyond no, this um, moment when we actually have the budget in front of us. No, I appreciate that. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the proposed layout that we have and compare it against the open dollars that we have for that project. Okay, um, we might be able to absorb it. Again, we're talking about parking, too, so we might be able to provide that. But also, you know, through the chair, uh, I want to make sure that you're aware of the proposed layout and what that means. Um, I, I think that would be more important um, so you can see what we're talking about, how we're going to accommodate that, and how we're going to um, service people as they use that facility. Um, I think that would be a, a better approach. Um, I'd hate to try to spend money on doing something that I believe would be appropriate, and it's it's not serving um, the district and what we promised over there. So your assistance on that would be appreciative. Um, the, the annex is um, uh, basically complete. We're going through punch lists right now. Um, so we're trying to get the uh, certificate of occupancy um, for that facility. Um, the elevator is installed. Um, we're going to work with the building um, inspector. So hopefully in the next uh, six to eight weeks, it'll be at least a temporary will be issued um, and it'll be operational. Now, I don't know how operational it's going to be because of parking. So that's right. that's going to be our challenge. So uh, in terms of that auditorium, because it's not being used very often, how how often is there is maintenance done there? Just a routine, just to make sure everything works the way it's supposed to work. So they've got a lot of heavy equipment in there. I mean, really, really nice equipment, you know, huge lights. Uh, just even the drapery, you know, all of those things. How often is uh, is that auditorium 
uh, gone through and checked to ensure that it, everything's doing what it's supposed to do to, to make sure that we don't have a very beautiful auditorium turn into something else. Sure, uh, through the chair, uh, I can confirm that with resource management to make sure, police resource management, forgive me, to make sure that that's being properly maintained and uh, used periodically. I look forward to additional conversations and we'll be sending additional questions. Thank you so much. Thank you, Madam President. All right, thank you, President Pro Tem Tate. And if there's no additional comments, questions from my colleagues, LPD, do you all have anything? All right. We will conclude this public hearing for the Detroit Building Authority. Thank you all for being here and looking forward to the responses that have been submitted both by City Council and LPD. Thank you. All right. Have a great Thank day. You. Thank you. Thank you. On to the Detroit Land Bank Authority. We will now go to our public comment section. And... Everyone will have two minutes for public comment, starting with Ramon Jackson, followed by Cindy Dara, followed by Black Jesus. The, D the DBA, what they fail to tell y'all is that the city is one of their biggest leases. We are paying to lease property from them that we own, which is a waste of money. This issue was brought four years ago, millions of dollars going to Callaway. You ask what property that belongs to them. One of the property that they manage is that public health and safety facility over there. That's one of the properties and the airport. We paying millions of dollars to lease buildings that we own. That's a squander away of taxpayers' money. The second thing is about them CDBG grants. Mexican Town, Book Cadillac, Garfield, Fort Shelby, Woodward Garden, these are all companies that's been delinquent on 108 block grant loans going back since the Kwame Kilpatrick administration. Now, either these block grants or either somebody lying to us about reissuing these same block grants to them, or these are made-up companies. But they came and went out and said that a nuisance was happening with a pastor. But the nuisance is Book Cadillac, who borrowed CDBG funds that's earmarked to help eradicate poverty, delinquent on these loans, and y'all turn around and get them a tax break a year ago after being delinquent on these loans. So let me say this to y'all. If y'all approve that budget without verifying where these CDBG um, loans is going to, Y'all approving illegalities being committed with federal funds. Mexican Town, Garfield, all that, that's a scam with our CDBG funding. 20 years on them loans is ridiculous. Now, another thing, I brought up the issue about the bonds. We still ain't got a response on whether or not revenue bonds requires a notice from the city. We demanding the response, and we demanding that no CDBG funding is awarded to these companies. All right. Thank you. Thank you, um, Ramon. And we have received a response um, from LPD. I think that report also is public as well, too. Um, but we will take note of your comments. And thank you so much for um, joining us this afternoon. All right. Our next person is Cindy Dara. Yeah, I want you to listen to the Detroit People's Platform people about the 
housing trust fund. They know more than I do on it. I would like uh, you to put in your reimbursement for parking for people who come down to attend your meetings. Uh, you could, you know, right now, the, the app, you have to, I have to put every time my credit card in and remember to do it. It doesn't honk anymore, the app. So you can forget, I may have a ticket when I go out there that I've got to go fight. Uh, I would like you to put, at least give us, uh, you know, a chance to park with reimbursement across the street underground, and you could charge us the regular $2 we pay at the meter, but instead of paying $5 for two hours, we'd pay $2. That would be an idea. But uh, I just want to say, Detroit Building Authority, uh, I applied to get the lot next to me. I should have taken the 10 feet that the mayor offered me all the way to the alleys. And now I've got 22 inches. I can't even, I got to keep my garbage cans way back in the alley and go around and get them on garbage day. Uh, it's very, I need more work, room to make it a sustainable building. You can't, you can't even get scaffolding up next to the building now. So uh, they gave that to Midtown, Midtown paid 2800 then they gave it to uh, uh, for it, and they sold it to Peter Roll Properties. I think Sue Mosley is a member of both, which is not an arm's length deal. But now they're trying to sell it for $750,000. I don't have enough room really to do a, a, a real good drainage project that I was trying for years to do. And uh, it's very difficult uh, to, to manage. And I, that was their decision to give it to Midtown for a ballet parking lot that was never developed for this Joe, some kind of barbecue at the other end of the block. It's still vacant, but they want 750000 now for that same lot that they bought for 160000 for Midtown. All right, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Dara. Um, Black Jesus, you are next. Okay, let the record reflect that you guys, all eight of you black individuals, have been given the information about these illegal we issue municipal bonds. Y'all making payments on illegally issued bonds. Those are illegal bond payments. Very clearly illegally approved by Mary Sheffield, James Tate, Scott Benson, Angela Whitfield Callaway, you're a lawyer. Why don't you tell this council the illegality of those bonds that were issued on the necks and the backs of the black residents here in this city? Now, this little crafty individual downstairs on the 11th floor, Crafty Mike, then filed a lawsuit with Crafty Conrad against Bishop Marvin Winers in perfecting church. Now, I know for a fact, personal knowledge of his good works and goodwill, that he's dedicated his life and his soul. Now, why wasn't he afforded the opportunity that Olympia Development, related companies, Stephen Ross, Chris Illich, were to have the opportunity to partake in the largest in the city of Detroit right now. Why wasn't he given that opportunity? Why? Some nefarious contrived scheme to say he's a nuisance in the community. A man dedicated for decades, personal knowledge I have, of him being, doing God's work and his God's goodwill. Now, you eight members, you black-faced BS political figures is what I call y'all. 
Y'all need to call the little crafty dude down on the 11th floor. The little crafty lepre leprechaun is running around with the pot of gold and tell him to back up off um, the bishop because bishop ain't done nothing but good. And it's foul. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that is it for our in-person public comment. So we will move to our virtual callers. First caller, Madam President, is calling user one. All right. Good afternoon. Call in user one. You have two minutes for public comment. Can you hear me? Yes. Good afternoon, Madam President. I would like for you and Pro Tem Tate to answer a question for me. Why is it when Julie Snyder came in, nobody thought to ask her to show this uh, honorable body what type of requirements they are doing with the housing agency and holding them accountable when they are putting those of us who are disabled in inhabitable living and when you ask to be transferred to a different housing agency, you are denied. Since they provide certain amounts of funds, I've been waiting for Julie Snyder to answer a question that she promised she was going to get back with me, and she has never done that. So basically, she lied. I've been asking her, why is it allowed to have individuals living in inhabitable places and having them HUD approved with holes in the ground, um, ceilings caved in, and nobody does anything about it. Member Tate, I tried reaching you to make appointments so that I can speak with you, and I need to speak with you as well. Um, Mary Shetfield, please make time to talk with me. Um, I would like it if you can answer that. When can you get an answer on accountability for these housing um, agencies? I've sent loads of pictures to show you how they're putting us in inhabitable living environments. That is a danger to those of us who are disabled. And I have lots of film to prove it. I appreciate you. And All right. Thank you so much, um, yeah. President Potem. Yep, thank you. I, because I didn't see who this was, it just says user one. I don't know who she is. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm not familiar with the information. So by all means, please uh, reach out to my office, 313-224-1027. You can also email me at councilmembertate at DetroitMI.gov. I do know that there was someone who called my office yesterday who wanted, had, had questions that were very similar, and my staff had reached out, had asked for a phone number so that we can call back uh, once we indeed had a potential opportunity to get the information and that person refused to provide it. So uh, I'm not sure if that was you, but again, uh, the phone number and the contact information remain sustained. Please reach out, and we will do our best to uh, respond to the questions you have. Thank you. Thank and just you. to Ms. Shea, um, I do see an email was responded to her today from uh, one of my colleagues, Councilmember Castaneda Lopez's office, regarding these questions. They were actually sent to... I'm so... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
Councilmember Santiago Ramiro's office did respond. Um, these questions were sent over to HRD, and we are awaiting a response. So um, that was just sent this morning. So we will continue to work with you, Ms. Shea, to get your questions answered. Thank you so much for calling in. The next caller is African Town and Eastern Market first. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, this is Tahira Ahmed. I want to thank Angela Whitfield Callaway, member Callaway. Thank you for uh, paying attention to me when I describe the situation that I'm in with housing repair. And I think you all need to uh, do a hearing for people like me. I can tell you exactly what's going wrong with the uh, housing repair situation. Why we, some of us are on uh, the housing repair list for years and never see to get any housing repair. Uh, my roof was replaced, put a, a, a top on the roof and for two years did nothing else. No gutters, no downspouts, no soffits. Okay, the animals running all through the house. Okay, uh, but we got money to to take care of uh, Ukrainian refugees and we've been looted out of 600, over a billion dollars. And people have uh, uh, been run out of the city of Detroit because they can no longer uh, live in the conditions of their home. We need to take that as priority. The revitalization program is dismal and dangerous and derelict and also criminal. You guys need to have, I would love for you to have a uh, hearing and let the citizens tell you how they're dragging their feet so our houses will fall apart so uh, the homes will get uh, demolished. And also we, we need to know how are we being uh, how are we being serviced by revitalization because they they they're incompetent they're not doing their job and they they uh drag us uh around so that they can send that money to other places uh because it's too late you know it gets too 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 late and then they don't use the the money but they're dragging their feet they're, they're incompetent we need help on that you need to appoint more people and more money for housing repair for the citizens and elderly here in detroit thank you and have a great day thank you you as well I'm sorry, Pierce, if I did not mention public comment is cut off. Um, I forgot to mention that earlier. Okay, you can proceed. The next caller is Cindy Dara. Cindy Dara is here. Yep, she's My apologies. <laughs> Eric Wellsby. Okay. Good afternoon, Eric Wellsby. Good afternoon, uh, Madam Chair, uh, Council Members. Uh, my name is Eric Wellsby, and I'm the Advocacy Director for Detroit Disability Power. People with disabilities deserve accessible, affordable, and inclusive, inclusive housing that is both integrated and permanent. To achieve this, Detroit Disability Power has four items we'd like uh, you all to prioritize in the consideration of the HRD budget. One, we'd like to see support for programs and policies focused on increasing the percentage of accessible units that are required to be built by developers receiving housing trust fund dollars. Two, we'd like to increase funds for Renew Detroit and other home repair and modification programs, including specific attention to a ramp building program. Um, and I'd like to acknowledge the work Director Schneider and her team have already done in expanding repairs focused on accessibility. Three, provide adequate funding to conduct a comprehensive survey, surveying of Detroit's current accessible housing stock, including price levels of available accessible units. 
and four, allocate $30 million to the Detroit Affordable Housing Development and Preservation Fund to increase housing options for Detroiters with incomes less than 50% AMI. We believe these items support making Detroit more inclusive. It is our hope that the budget the council approves will help ensure housing in Detroit becomes more accessible, affordable, and adaptable for all current and future residents. And I will um, submit these comments in writing to the clerk's office as well. Thank you so much for your time. All right, thank you as well. The next caller is Casey M. Good afternoon, KCM. I show Casey as muted. If she's on the phone, she can press star six to unmute. Right. Right, KCM. All right, let's go back to uh, the next caller. We can come back to KCM. The next caller is Karen Winston. Good afternoon, Karen Winston. All right, let's come back to Karen Winston. The next caller is Marguerite Maddox and Scarlett. Good afternoon, Ms. Maddox. Yes. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Number one. Why is that? that why is it the old school? Turning it into into a low income house. That that school is right right down the street from me, and I. Would, would like to be able to, to make sure that all of these housing development be universal design and, and including the ADA compliant but speaking of of start city which is not museum building personally I would love to live on the water but but due to my income I cannot afford to live on the water. I'm, I'm done. All right, we appreciate Thank you. 
Thank you. We appreciate you, Ms. Maddox. The next caller is William M. Davis. All right. Good afternoon, Mr. Davis. Good afternoon. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, I'd like to start off by saying more needs to be done to make it easier for the physically challenged and elderly to stay in their Detroit homes by doing more as it relates to uh, being able to go to the bathroom, by doing more related to people being able to go up the stairs or uh, maybe have lift chairs to help them. You know, this city has the capability of doing a whole lot more for the average age to handicap or physically challenged people than what they're doing. And if you did that, you could have more people staying instead of, you know, steady losing people. Also, separately, as it relates to, uh, I know the councilwoman from District 4 was just talking about the ongoing flooding over there. Uh, when I was in charge of the wastewater treatment plant, we did not have that. I ran the wastewater treatment plant for seven years. I think right now the city of Detroit is being a horrible landlord. They should be inspecting and keeping more information up to date on all of the DWSD facilities that they had control over that they uh, that they lost under this corrupt bankruptcy. Um, the combined sewer overflow facilities over there, if they was properly manned and properly had the correct power sources, because we had redundant power sources when I was there before the bankruptcy. You know, there's a whole lot more that could be done if you know what you're looking at and know what you're doing. Also, at the same time, this is a separate issue. If you see that they're not doing all that they should be doing, you should be renegotiating this uh, contract with the Great Lakes Water Authority. We should be getting more than 30 some 30 million, you know, 35 million or whatever it is that they say is 50 million. But if we're paying 17 million, we're not getting 50 million. We should be getting more than that every year for them to manage the, the system that they stole. Thank you. The next caller is Ruth Johnson. Hi, may I be heard? Yes, you can, Ms. Johnson. Go right ahead. Thank you. Ruth Johnson, Community Development Advocates of Detroit. The city of Detroit must invest more funds, general funds, budget surplus, and federal funding into Detroit nonprofit organizations and the programs that directly benefit Detroit. Invest our money in our housing needs in our neighborhoods. When I was listening to the HRD presentation and the mayor's budget proposal, I did not hear allocations or budgeting of money to meet the urgent and extreme need for housing that is safe, accessible, and thriving neighborhoods. I agree with what uh, Eric Wellsby from Detroit Disability Power said, and I also asked council members to refer to my email, but I do want to highlight a couple things. To invest in the Detroit Housing Trust Fund, $30 million. I did hear Director Snyder talk about federal funds, but this fund, the Housing Trust Fund, by ordinance, targets not just the affordability, but also the accessibility and the public input through the Affordable Housing Trust Fund, I'm sorry, Task Force, and the public reporting. I would ask that if there's other funds being used, that it has to comport with the statutory requirements. And also fully fund and implement the right to council ordinance. 
appropriate $12 million this fiscal year and $27 million next fiscal years, that all funds should be used, ARPA, budget surplus, general funds, and that general funds can and should be used to open and promote the Office of Eviction Defense and to engage trusted community messengers to conduct education and outreach activities. This is in accordance with HRD's mission. I would ask for this council and for the administration. All right, thank you. The next caller is Carol Hughes. Good afternoon, Ms. Hughes. You have two minutes for public comment. Good afternoon, honorable body uh, through the chair. May I speak? Yes, ma'am. You've heard you've heard a lot of <clears throat> good good uh, 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 solutions to our problems. Obviously, Ms. Snyder is not the person for the job that they have her in. Um, I'm not saying how a Sheila Cockrell Corktown can get CDBG uh, grant money for a school when Miss when Councilwoman Waters has said that we can get schools from, you know, the Detroit uh, Authority that we that we own already, we have property, we have solutions to our problems. But what's what's being done with our federal dollars is a waste. And that's what Mr. Ramon was trying to make you understand. <clears throat> We're not going to continue to let Miss Snyder <clears throat> pick and choose choice net uh, neighborhoods on her own. Uh, that money was supposed to go to low income in that neighborhood. Their median income is one hundred and seventy two thousand dollars and they have chased 50 percent of the black folks out of there. Let me let me tell you something. What's going on at this table and with this administration is a is, is a crime. OK, you're misappropriating. And you know what that means. You are misappropriating federal funds that 80 percent. To 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 eighty five percent. Let me give you an let me give you uh, an idea. Leave the zero percent uh, interest loan alone. Let people in the city have them, but pick and choose who gets them. Let's say people who've been here ten years. Let's say people who are on a legacy retirement plan. Let's say people who went through bankruptcy. Let's say people who who uh, uh, were overtaxed. Uh, let's let's cut them out and give them something the way you've done for Miss Ramirez, who doesn't respect this whole process enough to even show up because hers is already designated. She doesn't have to scratch for crumbs because you've already designated hers because she's got you uh, uh, eight Negroes working for. Thanks. The next caller is Betty Varner. Good afternoon. My name is Betty A. Varner, proud resident of District 7. I want to uh, publicly thank uh, my councilman, Durhall, for the communication he had this morning with the housing department. Uh, from what I'm hearing, the housing department is not understanding that um, there are seniors and people with disabilities who have invested their lives in their communities. They've lived in their homes for 30, 40, 50 years. I've been in my home for over 50 years. I'm part of the improvement of my neighborhood. I'm president of the South Ellsworth Black Association, and I'm also a SEDAD member. But most importantly, I'm a resident 
who lives in my neighborhood, who love my neighborhood and have invested and been committed to my neighborhood, and I'm making a difference. I'm hoping that they will go back and think about more about the people who are having these challenges with their homes. We own our property. We need help in making our homes handicapped accessible, including ramps, rails, uh, walk-in showers. Some people say showers, the walk-in showers are a luxury. But no, for seniors and people with uh, uh, that have disabilities, it's a safety issue. We need our interior parts of our homes made safe so that we can continue to live in the area in the neighborhood that we love. I appreciate y'all listening to me and I'm hoping that something can be done so that the seniors and people with um, physical disabilities. All right, we appreciate you. Thank you, Ms. Varner. The next caller ends in 711. All right, caller 711, good afternoon. Madam President, I should Good morning. Right. Good morning. My name is Malik Shelton. Mayor Duggan came before council last Friday and said, oh, it's unlawful. I can't uh, use or allocate bond funds for Detroit seniors who need their homes fixed, their porches fixed, their roofs, leaky roofs fixed. Yeah, but he can go and take that same bond money and give it to a multi-billion dollar corporation, FCA Stellantis Chrysler, to expand the operation. Okay, there were issues with compliance and oversight with the City of Detroit's HUD program pertaining to the CDBG and the Section 108 loans. Keith Hernandez, who heads up Detroit uh, office of uh, HUD did a report that said Detroit HUD pro program lacked accurate documentation of the allocations of HUD funds and grants, as well as the C CDBG grants. This was discovered in just three weeks of monitoring Detroit's HUD program, which is administered through Detroit's Housing and Revitalization Department in partnership with the city's Chief Financial Officer. The HUD funds are, are for affordable housing, poverty programs, and economic opportunities for marginalized Detroiters. These issues were supposed to have a viable plan to be addressed by January 2022. Were they addressed? Were they resolved, Council? Report revealed that HUD funds in Detroit were either missing, incomplete, inconsistent, or inadequate. Lastly, how did the Fiat, excuse me, the Fort Shelby Hotel, how can it be delinquent for 4.1 million? The next caller is Bobby Johnson. Good morning, Honorable Bobby. Um, one thing I wanna ask, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, one thing I want to ask is um, when HR, um, 
the building authority came and we're just discussing the senior homes. We have uh, senior homes over in District 7, and these some of the uh, elevators do not work. There was a fire in in the Smith, um, not the Smith homes, but the uh, Plymouth Square. One of the elevators were out. How many times are those buildings checked on, and how many times is there someone that comes and has a resident community meeting to discuss what is going on in that building and what the residents would like to see in the building. Also, with talking to um, the DLB, um, how many times when they're selling these buildings and properties, how many of these buildings and properties do they come into the residence and ask the residents, do they want? What uh, what kind of business is coming? Because I know a lot in District 7, we have a lot of car shops, we have a lot of tire shops, but we don't have a lot of retail or a lot of um, um, restaurants or things like that that the community would really like to see. We have junkyards, we have tires, we have dilapidated buildings. Now, while we're talking about this, I hope that we're budgeting also into the budget uh, a cover swimming pool for a brand uh for brennan pool for this uh not the second phase but the first phase because district seven is the largest district with women and children and we're the only district without a recreation center adam butzel is not in district seven so we can stop disrespecting us with that by saying adam butzel's is in district seven and it's not we need a recreation center and the reason to put it on uh, Rouge was to have a covered pool. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Member Dorhoff, you want to respond? You sure? Okay. Okay. You reach out. Okay. All right. Thank you, uh, Ms. Johnson. Our next uh, caller, please. The next caller is Rhonda Adams. All right. Good afternoon, Rhonda Evans. Madam President, I do show two accounts with that name, so I will try the other account. Just allow the other account for Rhonda Adams to speak. Hello. Can yes, you we can hear you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is Adams with BMW Social. And uh, we are looking to see um, if we can possibly bring the Securities Council to the table to um, address some of the things that the uh, constituents are uh, re referencing to. And, uh, and also thinking about back in uh, essence with the uh, DI bill and how African-Americans were um, just totally stripped out of that, how we can see how that can also um, some of the things that can tie into uh, helping uh, with our community. And then the Homestead Act, that as well was supposed to provide 160 acres to individuals um, and helping with the CDFIs to empower them to regain some traction on some of these things that um, was systemically stripped from us, but possibly um, bring some more enlightenment to all uh, the restrictions that's applied to, uh, and you know, the capacity that you all have with the general uh, services fund. We see a tremendous amount of traction that you all are providing as council members. Truly appreciate that. And um, yeah, just looking at alternative methods to uh, gain um, some um, 
soundness on this infrastructure, capital gains, and as well as uh, becoming stakeholders in our own community. So all of these things need to be looked at, as I've said, bring the security councils to the table, and then they can tell us who is really helping our community with these tax uh, abatements and incentives that was provided, and we really didn't have much say through bondings or whatever that they captured. So that's basically all I wanted to say. Thank you all and keep up the good work. We appreciate you. Thank you as well. Madam President, we'll go back to the last two callers, Casey M being the first. I show Casey M as muted. You can unmute by pressing star six or hovering over your name and asking to unmute. All right, good afternoon, KCM. We're going to try you one more time, going once, going twice. And if you could just submit your questions or comments in writing and we will make sure that it is uh, recorded on the record. And who else do we have? Erin Winston. Miss Winston, are you with us? <coughs> Ms. Karen Winston, going once, going twice. And if you can also provide your remarks or questions, we will make sure that they are submitted for the record. Is that it, Paris? Yes, it is, Madam President. All right. That will conclude our public comment. And thank you so much for your patience, everyone. We will now move into our next budget discussion for the Detroit uh, Land Bank Authority. All of the representatives that are here with us, you can join us at the table.